0: Hello and welcome to the Write for Your Life podcast, a show about creative writing, copywriting, reading and the ever-changing publishing industry. Bandwidth for January has been provided by Cashfly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. Cashfly delivers all of our content here at 5x5 and they really are tremendous. Check them out at cashfly.com, C-A-C-H-E, fly, and do let them know that you heard all about them here on 5x5. I'm Ian Broom,
1: And I'm Donna Sorensen. And um, regular listeners to our show might notice that there's a slight delay in this week's episode going out due to extreme wind.
0: Yes, I'd like to say that that was a joke, but it's not. It's um, it's uh, it's true, and uh, I apologise for it because the wind was very much coming from my end.
1: Not hey, n- uh, and no, I had a bit as well of wind.
0: It's been, it's been terrible wind all across northern Europe.
1: Yes, yes, and I didn't realise actually. I mean, it's been really, really windy here the last three days, but um, I'm over in Copenhagen on the east, eastern side of Denmark, the west coast. The pictures of it. I mean, there's been houses going into the sea and all sorts of things.
0: Well, it's not. It wasn't that bad. I mean, that's that's just to be clear. That's not what that is not what has happened here to prevent us doing a podcast. But uh, again, regular listeners will know that we sometimes have. A zombie ghost-like noise in the background, which is coming from the window, which is immediately to my left. I can touch it right now. And um, if you thought it was bad in previous episodes, well, it was positively spectral. Yes. Is that, is that the right phrase? It probably isn't, is it? Spectral sounds like it should be a word, but I don't think it's related to uh, specters.
1: No, spectrums. Maybe. Who knows? But anyway, uh, we 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 are here. A couple of days late, but. Um, it was better for everybody.
0: I mean, this is technically last week's podcast.
1: Yes. Oh, and if you if you think that Sunday is the next week,
0: well, I know, but we're recording on a Sunday. I mean, this is too too detailed for anyone to care about. But
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh just yeah. Anyway, we're here. So, we're here. Yeah. We're going for it. Let's do it.
0: We are. Uh, we're going to talk about um, uh, two or three or news items, I suppose, but I, I've got, I have got some advice to proffer um, about one particular thing, uh, but that won't take long. Um, but it's, it's, been a, it's been a fairly newsworthy week. Shall we start with the news or shall we start with a couple of listeners' questions? What do you think?
1: Oh, I just feel like... I'm just going to get my wonger figure out. I feel like we should start with a listener's question...
0: We have two listeners' questions. One I think we've kind of answered before, but let's let's do it anyway. Uh, the other one is uh, an enormous four-parter. So... Um, oh, so it's we'll a conv-
1: four-part Twitter question. It's not, it's not like a four-page or anything.
0: No, and it's not... A f- there aren't four questions either, <laughs> so don't panic. Uh, that's not why we've started this early. <laughs> um, Karen V on Twitter says, do you do any outlining before you begin to write?
1: Mm. Yes, and... Um, I remember now that we have covered it before, and I've talked about um, one book that I outlined to to such a complex level that I completely did my brain in and got cross-eyed and never went back to it ever again. I was lost in my in my web of ideas and planning.
0: Indeed, and I've I've again I've talked about this before. Um, my uh, experience with novel one was that I I, I did. I didn't do any outlining up to a point. Um, And then I realised that things were going awry in a kind of chronological kind of way. I just didn't know what was going on anymore, so I thought I'd better start outlining this. Um, But I didn't outline it in the way that I think the question is being uh, meant. Um, I I just sort of planned two or three chapters ahead, so I had some idea of where I was going as opposed to just writing uh, blindly. Um, And I, I have been outlining the novel I'm writing now more, or I'm trying to, but I actually find it quite difficult. I find it quite stressful. I find it doesn't feel like real work, and time is precious. So when I sit there for an hour outlining, I think I could be actually doing some some writing. So my my relationship with outlining is slightly odd. I know that some people... Um, outline like the clappers and we'll have almost an entire novel mapped out to very specific details before they get cracking i I honestly don't think that there is a right or wrong way of doing things i think it depends on who you are how you do it it may may even depend on on the book i don't know Mm.
1: but i now also remember that on another book that i started i was i felt like you did like you said there i was doing so much outlining that if I came away from the book and went back to it and read the outline I was tired from reading the outline because it was so long and I was like well it's it's just ridiculous I've basically written an outline instead of a book and then I gave up on that one as well so I think personally with um with the book that I intend to write when I go on maternity leave I'm just gonna be footloose and fancy free I'm just gonna wing it I know we'll we'll make some like notes. I've just got to really be careful that they don't end up being kind of brief chapters in themselves. You know,
0: you're going to be a panzer.
1: Yes, I am, and it's not far off. Um, do you think we've answered Karen V's question?
0: I don't think she's going to be any better place to do anything
1: <laughs> oh I mean you know what it's just nice to ask other writers what they do isn't it I mean like I didn't know that you'd you started planning this this uh, your next novel and then kind of thought well I can't be bothered with that
0: well I'm sort of doing a bit of both I'm, I have a difficult relationship with, uh, with the entire thing but that's perfectly normal too I know that there is a book that a lot of people recommend by K.M. Weiland uh, I think that's W.E.I. W-E-I-L-A-N-D. I'll put a link to this in the show notes, which you can find at 5by5.tv slash W-F-Y-L slash 143. If you want to find a series of links which relate back to the things we talk about here on the episode. Um, uh, Kate M. Wyland has written a book, I think it's called uh, Outlining Your Novel? I'm going to look this up. I'm going to find it in a second. Um, but that's supposed to be very good. She's a very popular blogger and has written a number of books. And I've seen people who I uh, know and trust who have read the book and say it's good too. So I do have a copy actually. I just uh, haven't haven't quite got round to reading it. Interesting. I'm going to look that up. Have a
1: little up. look at that next time I'm over at your place at your pad.
0: It's a. I believe I have a digital copy. So you have to have a peek over my shoulder at my uh, Kindle.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, okie dokie.
0: Um, I'm going to look that up to make sure I've got the right title. I'm not sending you all off on a wild, misplaced book chase. Um, whilst you talk about the second four-part question from Clueless. you are Cluelance. so
1: mean to me. The reason you've done that is because it takes some interpretation. Because our next listener's question from Clueless. Hi, Clueless, friend of the show. Um, came in four tweets. Um, and I've put them here. Um, and I'm going to try now to um, piece it together. Let's see. You've mentioned how, whether you self-publish or are published, you need to do a lot of, first tweet, self-publication. One way is via your own blog site. That's the second tweet. Third tweet. Do you have recommendations for pages that need to be on your site, writing tips, or, third tweet, sites to check out for such advice. Fourth tweet, end of listener's question number two for this week. Over to you, Ian.
0: Um, before I, <laughs> <laughs> you, you read that in a very uh, very old kind of way.
1: Well, it's because, as I said, it took a little bit of interpretation.
0: Okay. Um, just before I do that, the KM Weiland's book is called Outlining Your Novel. But I notice here that um, she has followed that up with Outlining Your Novel Workbook: Step by Step Exercises for Planning Your Best Book, Ooh. and re- recently released Structuring Your Novel, um, which. Um, I'd be I'd be interested to know. But there is a difference between outlining a novel and structuring a novel, but I would say they're fairly linked. But maybe that's why maybe that's why she's written two books about it.
1: Oh, and we should say then this would be a very good time to say listeners, if any of you have read either of these books or have your own tips or ideas for outlining a novel, you can share them on Twitter on the #WFYL hashtag.
0: That would be a fantastic use of the hashtag.
1: It would be. So, Back to listeners' question number two.
0: So, uh, yeah, what was the question?
1: <laughs> exactly. So, it, uh, yes, basically we've been asked, you need to do a lot of self-publication before, uh, whether you self-publish or are published, you need to do a lot of self-publication, and one way is via your own blog or site. Yes, that makes perfect sense. Do you have any recommendations for pages that need to be on your site? That's, it sounds like the first bit, and then there are other bits. Would you like to answer that one first?
0: I'll have a go at this. So we're back to the old author platform issue again, aren't we? And um, yeah. and um, and how do you build an author platform? But this is specifically about a website, which I have a lot more. Uh, believe, believe it or not, Donna, I've actually been referred to as a social media guru. I mean, the person who said it was joking. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, she was. <laughs> uh, well, she, 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 she was joking, but she was also trying to be kind. Um, and uh, and it's not true. Um, I um, I may have sort of done social media stuff for my job but I don't believe that anyone really knows what they're doing there's a lot of throwing things at the wall uh, to see what sticks if that's the phrase when it comes to social media but when it comes to putting a website together there are some fairly basic um, how we say usability rules that you need to sort of follow if you want to have some kind of uh, success with it and um, and when I say success I don't mean you're going to get a billion hits by just choosing the right pages but um you're going to uh, success to me uh, uh, for a, a website, especially an author website, is that people can get to what they need to know quickly. Um, so there are two kind of types of author sites. There is the blog where people focus really heavily on the blog, and you have other pages like an about page, of contact, and uh, presumably a page for your books. Um, but the focus is the blog, and people people who do a lot of blogging will probably have the blog as the you know the front page of their website. Uh, the alternative alternative is for the blog to be a sub-page and for the front page to be kind of, this is my book, this is what I'm selling, this is who I am as an author. It doesn't matter what I have to say about all these different things. You know, It's all about the book and the product. And um, I've had both of those types of sites um, on my own ianbroom.com domain in the past. And um, I'm currently at the blog stage of things, because I'm not really sure which is the best to do. Apart from to say that if you do have a blog and you don't update it very much, then it's probably best that isn't on your front page. Um, but apart from apart from that kind of sort of practical thing, I don't really know which one is best for drawing in the punters. I think it I think it probably depends on who you are. Surely for example, it has
1: to be the blog because you need to be updating your content all the time in order for it to get found. And you're not going to be updating pages that are more static.
0: But there are plenty of successful authors who have websites that are pretty static, and they, you know, the blog is the blog is kind of a, a, a just uh, an incidental thing. It's a way of it's a way of publishing news. You know, people, a lot of people don't blog, for example, t- in order to promote their work. They just don't. I believe I'm speaking to an author like that right now. <laughs>
1: No, they don't. And the the authors that have very successful author pages that are more static, presumably have that because they already have um, publishing houses whose social media machines and um, money is going into it and they don't need to worry so much about it. Writers who need to make themselves seen online, they need that blog.
0: Well, it's, it's definitely very handy. There's, there are lots of different opinions on, on this, and I think whereas three or four years ago that would have been really solid advice, I think now a lot of people are saying, well, maybe, maybe you don't need to blog. I mean, it used to be a case where, as you know, if you're an author, well, you better start blogging. Um, and, and these days, from what I can gather, uh, uh, that's not necessarily the advice now. It's more a case of, I don't know, kind of...
1: But why, would you have a, why would you have a website if you weren't going to be using it for that, if you wanted to have a website where you were going to showcase your work, which is basically what this question is talking about, isn't it? It's about showing your the work that you can offer people without necessarily selling a book. I think that's what, what, that's what the question was getting at, is that if you want to like show samples, like if you want to show poetry or bits of short stories, show people your work and you want to do it on a website... <clears throat> Isn't that well, what
0: the, he was talking about? That you need a blog for that?
1: No, that the, the, there's no point having it unless you're going to be able to get people to see it.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, and, that, and that's the argument that I would have always used previously. That um, the the you know the sort of solid, absolutely unquestionable reason that you should have a blog as an author is because that's the very best way to get people to come back to your site time and time again. Um, and oh, But that's also still... to
1: get Google to rank you higher is what I was meaning. And also to have new stuff to share so that, you know, I mean, it's all part of the same thing, isn't it?
0: It is part of the same thing. And, and I'm not arguing against you. I kind of f- agree with that. That's how I feel too. I mean, for goodness sake, that's why we're recording the podcast every week. Um, you know, it's in part because it's, it is it's part of our wider you know platform you know we all know that that's not a surprising thing for me to say it's it's it's, it's true i mean it just so happens that i really like doing it and mm. and that's great but you know the truth is ideally a, a percentage of people who listen to the podcast hi everyone um, will at least go and look at my other work you know particularly the the novel and that kind of thing um and that's what we're all doing and the best way to get people to do that is to put regular content on and the podcast is weekly it's regular and a blog is uh is hopefully uh, regular um, or fairly regular um what i'm saying is whereas that was absolutely the, the kind of be all and end all it seems that that isn't necessarily the advice that people are giving as much because a, a part of the reason is loads of authors don't want to do it people don't want to blog and and it's almost like if it's if you're doing it in a half-arse kind of way is you know why bother and
1: yeah i think that i think it's maybe the definition of blog here for me blog is just the form of the content on your site and it could also be new bits of work, or it could be poems, or it could be any kind of fresh content that you want to share via social media. That's the way I was looking at it. So it it doesn't mean that you have to sit and write an article about something completely random, or what you've been doing, or what what your favourite food is, but it could actually be new stuff that you're writing.
0: Well, that's an interesting interesting point. So basically, I think I've said this before, but I, I basically feel like I made a bit of an error by making all of my blogging and podcasting um, about uh, ab- for writers and and you know the my website was originally right for your life, and you know the podcast is still right for your life as you know um, but that it was all about writing and so I built this platform you know kind of small but um, you know pleasantly formed platform which was specifically targeted at writers and then when my novel came out um, I suddenly it kind of dawned on me. <laughs> like my audience, they're all writers who are actually sure they're interested in me in one way or another because, you know, they're subscribed to the site or they listen to the podcast, but they're not they're not they're not kind of desperately waiting for me to publish this novel because they're not read I mean, writers are readers, but you know, what I mean, they're not my readers in in that sense. They're not readers of my fiction. And obviously the fact the fact that it was my debut novel that made that more difficult. So what I what I'm trying to do this year is change that a bit and i think I, I i need to um so i want to try and I, i've never done what you just said basically i've never published bits of my work not really i mean maybe the odd couple of times but never published you know short stories or just the the odd the odd kind of bits and pieces that i do notes anything i've never published those uh to my website and it seems crazy why would i not do that i've got you know plenty of bits and pieces lying around mm-hmm. um and i'm not precious i'm not proud i don't feel like everything has to be perfect in terms of my fiction there's plenty of stuff that is you know just interesting i think um in terms of process so i'm going to do more of that and less of blogging about writing because you know we've got the podcast for that um there you go. so i, that's, I that's think that's exactly
1: it that is exactly the question we've been asked and you're going to do it
0: indeed <laughs> um but i think there are there are some of that. so we've kind of talked around blogs in a way, but I mean, what other pages would you see? I mean, you haven't got a blog on your website, so what the pages when you're well, putting but your... Well, this is
1: the thing is that I, I mean, in terms of the setup, I have like, I mean, my website is absolutely not an example to be held up and, and for to be compared against other people's, because I set it up and then have done absolutely sweet Fanny Adams on it. Um, but my, my poems page is technically a blog where I could, I could be putting up poems every week there that i could then you know share via twitter and my facebook page so that i had fresh content and i just haven't had time you know but that's that's the kind of thing that i was imagining that the question was was getting towards and that people could be really using it for that right now in this day and age yeah um, yeah
0: i think so but i think the other thing you have to think about is is that if you're trying to get published um then People are going to want to know. Right, so there are two levels. So, if you're trying to get published, or if you're planning to self-publish, then people are going to want to have some sort of information about you as an author. Um, and so, it's important that you have. It sounds obvious, but that you have a fairly um, sensible about page. So, just even if it's only a few paragraphs, a picture is always handy. If you can get one done, that's you know relatively all right. Um, you know, quality wise. Um, and, and just some information about you, not just you as a writer, but also a little bit about um, you as a person. If there's anything that's relevant to what you write, that's really important. I've said this uh, before on the podcast a number of times. But think about um friend of the show, where <laughs> he appeared on it once, uh, Nathan Filer, who is now a sort of hugely best-selling novelist in, in the UK. And um, and his story as an author was... a you know absolutely 100% linked to his his novel it didn't matter you know you could read that novel the, the novel's fantastic whether he was um you know the fact that he w- used to work in mental health and uh, and maybe still does doesn't matter but it really adds to the the kind of the narrative of why someone might want to read the book or or just the fact that you know he came from that background and then wrote a book that was kind of tied to that uh, that that area of work and and if if you have those links as well, then, crikey, you should be making an, uh, a good kind of show of it in your About page. So um, I, I can't think of a particular example of that, but oh, I can. Okay, so if you let's say you're a travel writer, and um, and you're, you've just released a book, and or you're about to publish a book, and it's about um, uh, Africa. I'm talking in very sort of large, loose terms here. But on your About page, it might make sense to say, hello, my name's Erica and um, I'm uh, 29 years of age and uh, brunette and I am in a J.K. Rowling crime novel. <laughs> Do you remember that joke? That's a joke.
1: Is it?
0: Do you remember when I was complaining about J.K. Rowling about a month ago the fact that all the female characters were described by the colour <laughs> of her hair? Oh, forget it.
1: <laughs> I was just sitting there going, yep, yep, this is, this is good advice and then I was
0: flummoxed. Brilliant. Well, there may be silence here, but worry you not, there are lots of people in cars and homes that are laughing out loud th- at that point.
1: Absolutely. Great. Well, yeah, okay, so?
0: So, you, Erica, you're a brunette, you're in a J.K. Rowling crime novel, and you've written a book about Africa. On your About page, you should say those things, but you should also say... Why you know about africa and and, and where have you traveled where you've traveled to, and just you know anything that's relevant to what you 've done I think is really important um, uh, and and you know a bit about your your kind of background as a writer as an author you know there are lots of people publishing books now, either traditionally or self publishing and um credibility I think is pretty important and it is to me if I, if I go to an author's blog and they're giving some advice that is slightly Questionable, or even if the advice is fantastic, actually, I will always quite have a look. At, you know, go to the about page and think, well, who is this chancer? Um, and and you know, it matters. That kind of credibility matters. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and then obviously a page, a dedicated page for your book. Actually, that's really useful. So on my site, slash Angelica will go to a page that's absolutely dedicated to the book, nothing else. And you want that page to link to on uh, social media or even in person. So you can just say, oh, you know, because people might have no interest in what you blog about or podcast about. They might just be solely interested in your book. And that's the page they want to go to. They're not bothered about the about page. They're not bothered about the blog, not bothered about subscribing via R- RSS. They just information about your product so make sure that page is as detailed as possible if you can include a free sample that's really good um speak to a publisher if you're if you have one and they will help with that i just think give as much as you can is Absolutely. is my new wo- my new way of thinking about things
1: yep and i was just <laughs> that was very interesting i was just checking about my uh my page for my book on my website com. i should just say that as well um because I was looking at it on a mobile earlier actually just to see, I haven't looked at my website for a little while and it's totally, totally not optimised for anything at all and I really, really just keep thinking oh my goodness, I really need to spend time on my website
0: I don't understand that because I know the I know the uh, WordPress theme that you are using and that should be optimised for the mobile devices
1: Oh no, it's op- it is, sorry, it, it is I'm just talking about the URL and things like that just in terms of making it very searchable, okay. No, it is. It's all there, but it's just it's something that I've just and and that's why this this listener's question is actually good. You can see how much um, it's brought out of us both because it's it's such an important thing, and it, I I feel like unless you unless you do have a really really active blog, it's very very easy for a website to become completely defunct or de deac- or inactive. Obviously, it is because there is just so many other things to do. But so, also, uh, yeah.
0: also remember, if you're starting out with all this kind of thing, and you are thinking, well, okay, I'm going to uh, set myself a, uh, you know, a blog up, or maybe even you're thinking of setting a podcast up. Do, do, do! Remember that it's hard work. Yeah. It's at, it's actual work. It is. Um, you know, it could be windy, and you could get to Sunday night. You've had a two or three nights of very difficult wind, and um, and and it's a Sunday evening. You've got work in the morning, and you think better record that podcast and uh, and uh, you look at your children and think should i spend some time with no i better do the podcast you know these things are important it's work
1: <laughs> it is it is
0: it's it's work you know it's a commitment and um, and you know you can have loads of fun doing it and it's i you know i've loved uh blogging and podcasting and all that kind of thing but it's uh it's tough and you need to keep it up because it can if you it, i guess having a having a kind of A platform that is stagnant is sometimes worse than not having a platform at all yeah so um yeah just just think about it before you uh, set these things up
1: don't spread yourself too thin no fantastic well I mean I feel like we did get something out of that discussion
0: it's a surprise isn't
1: it it is a surprise that people manage to get things out of us sometimes (laughs) um so, what about newsy things that have been happening this week? Oh my goodness, the Stacey J kerfuffle!
0: It does. When you say it like that, it sounds a bit like a, an epi- a kind of the new series of serial.
1: Yeah, or um, a made-for-TV film.
0: The Stacey J kerfuffle, indeed.
1: Hmm. Um, I I feel extremely sorry for Stacey J. Um, are you going to briefly tell our listeners? Just in case they haven't heard about Stacey J's kerfuffle on Kickstarter, are you going to tell them a little bit about what's happened?
0: I'll do my best. Um, for the record, before I start, I don't know Stacey Jay. Uh, she is an author. Um, I don't know her. I, I haven't read anything by her, and I didn't know anything about her until this uh, kerfuffle. Um, and it's a kerfuffle that I don't fully understand, but um, we'll come to that so basically, she, Stacey J is an, an author, um, a sort of a, a fantasy fiction, but also a YA, a YA author. And it, it would seem, having sort of read up more, uh, that she also writes under um, at least two nom de plumes, um, and uh, is uh, relatively successful at that. In, uh, at least to the point where she is writing full time. So she's a full time author um, in one way or another. And she launched a Kickstarter campaign just. Uh, on the break of new year a few days ago um, and in it she i mean that that in itself is to me is a not an unusual thing um, for an author to try and kick to use a Kickstarter to um, to fund a book and the reason she did that um, is uh, and she says this in in kind of the the campaign kind of promo message that you get when you set up a Kickstarter page Uh uh, th- this uh, The novel that she wanted to use Kickstarter for is, um, is uh, I think, a sequel to a book or or two books um, that uh, didn't sell as well as the publisher expected and, effectively, the publisher, uh, she herself uses the phrase sacked, which sounds a bit, um, um, well, I suppose, accurate. Yeah, we should say know.
1: traditional publisher, old school. She had a YA book published with them and they didn't sell enough for them to take the sequel on but it says that they did sell enough that there were fans that were interested in a sequel that's yes. quite an important thing isn't
0: it it's a very important thing because she is effectively says that um uh in in this in this kind of promo bit that um um although the like you say although the sales uh, weren't enough for the publisher to keep her going she felt that there was enough people interested in who were asking for this sequel for it to be worthwhile her doing the Kickstarter she still wanted to do the book and um, and you know if as you say if you can get a thousand people to love something then that's you know you're doing pretty well and you can pro- you may well be able to earn a living from that this all ties in nicely with me having just finished reading Amanda Palmer's The Art of Asking as well but we might come back to that too um, but basically she got loads of stick <laughs> she got an absolute shed load of stick Uh, which is English for Abuse. Um, And the reason that people were upset about this Kickstarter campaign, which to my eyes was relatively innocuous, um, was that in it she said what each of the... um, Basically, she was asking for $10,500 and she said what it would be used for. And she said things like printing and editorial costs, uh, which is all fine. And then about 70% of it was going to be used... Um, I don't have it in front of me, so I can't use the exact phrase, but I think it was something on the lines of groceries, gas, and whatever else, you know, basically, to live. So she was going to...
1: For three months, she wanted to focus on it intensively for three months to get it out quickly for her fans. That was her reasoning.
0: Yeah, so she was going to write a book in three months. Keep that in your mind. Um, And she was, through Kickstarter, having lost her publishing deal, she was asking her fans that wanted the book to effectively pay for her to um to write it and um
1: and another thing she said was that she mentioned that if if she wasn't able to fund it by kickstarter that she would focus on some of her other writing projects or republishing her backlist was what she said and that was something which people also interpreted to be kind of um some kind of emotional blackmail to follow so that they had to otherwise you know nothing was going to happen
0: Yes, and so I've got in front of me some of the tweets that she received. So I mean, think of that what you will. So that's kind of the, the the setup or the initial setup anyway. Um and there's a link on storify which I I will put a link to. So someone's collected some of this stuff. And these are the, just some of the tweets that she got um uh, in response. It says uh, she's basically asking readers to pay her salary to write the book. If it were just the editor and the cover, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense, but asking us to pay your bills is ridiculous. Um, Threatening to stop writing if fans don't pay her enough money to write full-time? Hard pass. Um, so, pay my bills, but also I'll be making royalties off the book to pay my bills as well. Kind of weird. That's a reference to the fact that she said that she does other stuff that is you know, going relatively well. Um, you don't just get to decide that your book, no matter how amazing, is worth putting the burden of creation on your readers' This is the same person. I love my readers. I think they're amazing. Would I ask them to fund my book, especially if I have had other income, to write it. No, never. Um, there's a very real sense of I'll get what I want without having to work for it. This author has privileges. I mean, it just goes on. It just seems to. And I, I'm reading this, thinking, um, Am I? Am I? Have I read the same Kickstarter page? <laughs> <laughs> I know. What are your thoughts? There's some. Other, there are. There are some other Other. Um, more lengthy uh, blog posts been written about it and Stacey J, the author in question herself, she took basically she took the Kickstarter down after five days uh, because of the abuse and uh, she has recently in the last couple of days published a follow-up which is again in the show notes but it is effectively... Saying that things got a little, a little bit unpleasant and nasty, as these things do, you know, things about pictures of her house and all that kind of thing. So, this, are these, the tweets I just read out are kind of, you know, strong opinions. But mm-hmm. it seems that privately, emails and stuff like that, it escalated much further, and she is very rightly very upset and has been hugely affected by this. Yeah. Um, but going back to the kind of the issue of this um, of of, of uh, an author trying to use Kickstarter, use crowdfunding to um, um, Publish a book and ask for the money in order to kind of pay for them to live while they write the book. What are your thoughts?
1: My thoughts are fourfold. I'm going to see if <laughs> I can remember them.
0: It's a bit like a, a bit like a certain um, listener's question. I remember
1: <laughs> everything comes in fours this week. Um, the first is what a load of ridiculous nonsense and a waste of time. I just first off, okay. I'd like to say that this is something that just seems to happen constantly online and it it is awful Like you just need to have such a thick skin in order to try to do anything creatively and that's fine um people would say you know writers have always struggled through lots of things and once you put your work out there you know it has to be up for critique but that's not what it's like anymore you are putting yourself personally in the line of fire for people who just sit and rant and people are abusive and people who want to find your address and find out where you live and it's just it's just so demoralizing it really is um whether this is right or wrong what she's done quite clearly this is what a lot of writers have done on kickstarter they just haven't broken down their expenses or they haven't said i'm going to pay the creative people involved in this to self-publish this book you know the editor whatever a cover designer oh and yes the person that's writing it people have actually said online that they have done this but didn't actually break it down because they didn't at the time know exactly what they were going to be spending the money on so you know it just seems like she's been hung out to dry because she's been honest about the fact that she wants to write on it full time another thought I had was that I would say I would have said this is for her fans so you don't need to support her on Kickstarter instead of actually writing and being abusive or just saying it's an absolute disgrace you know it's true just don't fund it I mean nobody has to fund this I would have said that I am a little bit hesitant. Well, I'm a little bit unsure that that's my full opinion about that because this is a young adult novel and I guess you could say that young adults, you know, they don't necessarily have the money. They're maybe impressionable, they really want this. They are going to be the ones ultimately that would be paying for her to write full-time. That That is what would ha- be happening in this situation. I'm not sure I'd have the same opinion if it was, you know, Fifty Shades of Orange or whatever for, you know, Bored Housewives... Then I well, wouldn't worry about them being the fans that paid for this on Kickstarter. But I think, she
0: had, mm. s- sorry, she ad- she ad- she addressed that point in one of her blog posts, a later blog post, because that that was that was um, some of the criticism she received was related to the fact that you're asking um, young people to pay for things. Yeah. And her her response to this, I'm paraphrasing heavily, was effectively, you know, th- th- you're right, but these are the people who buy my books. I, mean, I write young adult fiction. Teenagers are. Um, kind of told what they should and shouldn't spend their money on, as it is anyway, if they want to buy a book of all the things they could buy with their money, is it really such a bad, is that really such a bad thing?
1: Well, yeah, absolutely. And as I said, she's been honest about what the money is going to be broken out. So she's not duping young adult fans. And if you think about what happened with the old uh, Zoe Sugg, the fact that that is actually young adults being duped out of their money because she didn't even write that book that she said she wrote. You know, I mean this is an entirely different situation. It's it's a writer saying, I really want to rush this book out for you guys. If you want me to do it, then this is what I need. And you don't have to give it to me, but but have a think about it. Um and I think that um you're also gonna put a link in the show notes, aren't you, to Chuck Wendig's um great blog post on this um in response about the fact that, you know, I mean seriously you do not have you don't have to be involved in in a kickstarter like this you don't have to fork out your money it's it's and another thing you don't have to do is sit around saying well i didn't have it when i wrote my book or i had a job when i wrote my book i really like the way that he was saying in the, in his blog post well you know so what let's celebrate the fact that kickstarter is there and that if if you are able to get a following and she's like got this following through going the traditional route with her first book that there is an option it's a possibility that actually you can continue for a selective group of fans to bring work to them in a new format
0: yeah i mean it just is obvious it's like it's just a really straightforward transaction the only difference is it's the book is being pre-ordered i mean you're you, uh, you, what you're getting if you support that kickstarter is a book yeah that's all that that's all that matters Or or whatever extra rewards you get, all you're getting is a book. But it did make me think. It did, after, you know, I've read read around this a little bit, and I did, after I did think, goodness me, I like, I spent the last two years really thinking seriously about different projects and how I might fund them, um, um, including this this podcast you know before we join 5 by 5 and you know we do get you know we have sponsors every now and again so there is like uh, some income um you know it's not <laughs> we have some income but it's it's i previously thought well you know are there other ways to to do this you know should i be doing this for free i mean and 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 i've thought of other sort of writing projects you know like the other the kind of the fictional podcast i've been talking about using patreon something like that where you're you're effectively saying, look, I'll do this for free, but, you know, if you want to pay me, then you can. And this is where it comes to um, uh, Amanda Palmer and The Art of Asking, which is a fantastic book, which I recommend. Um, I won't go into the huge backstory of this because you may more than likely already know, but Amanda Palmer, she was one half of the Dresden Dolls um, and, uh, which is a rock band, and she um, uh, split from her label acrimoniously and decided to kickstart her her album. And she is famous for, uh, apart from the music, for kind of being very um, in touch with her fans. And if you ever want kind of an idea of... I mean, it's a little bit kind of... Uh, Um, you know that's kind of all right for her not everyone has her personality but a lot of what she says there is truth in it if you can bring yourself to actually have one-on-one communications with people who like what you do then you know they will trust you and it will you know that relationship is really important uh, for building and kind of enjoying an audience so to speak anyway um, she was effectively her message is effectively you know don't be afraid to ask it's like why should artists not ask um and 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 why should we, they not be paid for their work but at the same time there are loads of artists out there um i use the word artist loosely it could be any type of artist that you know just almost ex, it's almost like we're, we're trapped in this notion that we should have um we should work either for free or or life should be difficult like everything should be difficult because you know we're writing art and it's not the same as being a builder or a plumber or a lawyer or whatever it might be where there are kind of more tangible obvious there's a more tangible transaction taking place when it's art you know the 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 transaction between an artist and someone who is reading listening looking at etc it's there it's very you know it's visceral but it's it's not you can't see it and and therefore, somehow that makes us more unlikely or we, we find it more difficult as artists to ask for money back. And ultimately, if you're providing something and someone else who is willing to give the money back, which presumably a lot of people were, or at least her fan base were in this Kickstarter, I'm talking about Stacey J now, um, then what's the problem? Mm. What is the problem? It's like, are we really expected as writers to do everything for nothing and and you know the fact that there are all these platforms and different ways of making an income whether it's kickstarting a single project or having a, some kind of subscription based thing you know this amazing like artists in the past haven't had these this uh, these opportunities and we have them now so the idea that when someone does try and do it that they get absolutely absolutely hammered for daring to say, to actually include in their reasons for doing it uh reasons for asking for the money is that you know so that i can pay the bills oh it's frightening
1: it's frightening i mean it would be nice to think that out of this um you know some kind of publisher saw that you know poor Stacey J has had quite a lot of publicity and decided to pick up the next book that would be great wouldn't it
0: well that's true i'm not sure if it works like that i suspect it'll be more a case of um a uh you know a fart in the wind in terms of internet book related news, but um yeah, hopefully for her it will
1: mm, yeah cool um so we'll put some links to all that um kerfuffle on, la- on our um, in our show notes, won't we? Do we have time to talk about Mark Zuckerberg's new uh, book club?
0: I don't think it's news if we do it next week, so let's uh, let's go for it
1: okay, cool well, um yes, so Mr. Facebook has decided that 2015 is going to be the year of books for him and that he is going to, every two weeks, did he say, he's going to read and uh, tell everybody about a new book that's going to make your life better, basically. And he started up a Facebook page for it, which is a shocker, isn't it?
0: Indeed. I mean, this is what happens when when we make New Year's resolutions. We think about it hard for a couple of days we do whatever it is we've uh, resolved to do at least twice and then we uh get upset with ourselves for the rest of the year zuckerberg though he can pop a facebook page up he's got about a trillion subscribers to his <laughs> so i mean talk about social accountability you know he can't just uh he can't just stop doing it now he's got to carry on
1: yeah um so it's very much in the vein of the Oprah book club and in the UK, Richard and Judy's book club, where if you get named, obviously, then you're, you're kind of made, it's, you know, like a, an award. Everybody wants a piece of it. Who is going to get picked? So that's every two weeks, right? There's going to be quite a lot of books coming out this year on that on that page.
0: Well, I mean, just, just by doing some very quick maths, I make that 26. Do you? Yeah.
1: Fantastic. Um, I was sitting here, sorry, I was lost in the fact that the first book that he has recommended um, is an economics book, is it not? Am I right?
0: I'll be honest with you, apart from reading the, the announcement, I've not looked into this any further.
1: <laughs> well, the reason that I say that is because I can quite imagine that the books that um, he's going to be recommending this year will tend to be non-fiction. Right, okay. And... That was quite interesting because, I mean, no, I, I imagine that I don't really know much about Oprah's book club. I know that Richard and Judy's book club is fiction, isn't it? Yeah, that's,
0: um, yeah, that is fiction. Yeah. Um,
1: and I was under the impression that non-fiction books sold way more than fiction books. There are way, way, way more non-fiction books published in the world than there are fiction books published. And actually not a lot of talk about them. So this, this is quite interesting really if they're going to have this new avenue to be you know promoted then um then it could be quite interesting i think
0: yeah i mean it's it's one of those it's, you know it's a good thing really you know mark zuckerberg hugely influential as long as he picks some uh, sensible books it will mean that more people are reading books and that's fantastic the reason it reminds us of Richard and Judy and Oprah is because um, uh, Richard and Judy have kind of gone off the boil in recent years, mainly because they they had a TV show where they would talk about a, a different book over the course of, I don't know, eight or so weeks. And, of course, all of those books um, sold fantastically well because they had this high-profile chat show couple, for those of you who don't know Richard and Judy are, um, in uh, talking about it every week, uh, talking about this book. And, and so if you were an author, then you know, super sales all of a sudden, out of nowhere. And if you're a publisher, for about three or four years, when Richard and Judy were on a more mainstream channel, um, uh, publishers went crazy. They were like, you you basically, your books, you either want them to win awards or be nominated, or you wanted them on the Richard and Judy book, Book Club. And I presume the same for Oprah in the US. And so it became this, you know, national institution in terms of publishing. And there were various authors whose lives or certainly their careers were entirely changed by the richard and judy book club now if you think about the richard and judy book club which was don't get me wrong very popular but <laughs> not quite as popular as mark zuckerberg with his facebook page
1: no i mean that is small fry this is just going to be absolutely insane the the the, the numbers that are going to be involved here if your book gets recommended
0: yeah and it's yeah so there are going to be um let's say 26 um authors whose i suspect whose lives are going to be changed in the coming year mm-hmm.
1: yeah absolutely um and quite interestingly today when we are recording it's the 11th of january um and i just saw a very very interesting documentary about aaron swartz who was one of the co-founders of reddit You probably know about aaron swartz do you
0: I am aware of Aaron Schwartz, yes. Yes,
1: and very sadly, um, he took his own life. Um, Probably a lot of our listeners in America will know about his story. Um, He, at the time, was under investigation by the FBI and facing criminal charges. I think he was facing something like 35 years in prison. Um, And it was basically because he was downloading um, texts online, things like scientific journals, actually, was the specific case, because he was interested in trying to make things accessible for people that you would otherwise have to pay for online. It's like a really, really tragic story. The the film, if you want to watch it, is called The Internet's Own Boy, and it was really, really fascinating documentary. We'll put a link to it as well in the show notes. Um, But in the documentary he was quoted as, as saying that basically, you know, in the past it was about having a voice or being heard. And if you could if you had something to say and you could get yourself heard, then you were fine. But nowadays, with the internet, it's completely all about the people who control the channels where people are heard. And Mark Zuckerberg is presumably number one, numero uno, kingpin of all that. And if he decides that you're going to get heard, then, I mean, it's it's just fascinating, really, isn't it? I'm trying to think about all the people that control whether or not we get heard. And there's so few people, it's like such a, sh- a small number of people, a handful of people, that are, are able to make decisions about what information gets shared around the world. It's incredible now that books are brought into the fold again with, uh, with this book club.
0: Indeed, and there will be another flurry of uh, publishers' panic glands. don't know what that means. Um, because this will be a thing that publishers want to get into. And, hey, I'm not making any... I'm not making any um, wild accusations, but I suspect. Well, I won't say money will change hands, but I suspect meetings will be had and lunches will be provided and that kind of thing. Because this was. Well, you know. do
1: you? I mean, that's very interesting. I wonder whether it. I wonder whether it will be, or whether this is actually seriously and and we we shouldn't be cynical, just actually going to be him deciding. Oh, this this looks interesting. I'm going to tell people about this.
0: I'm sure that will be the case for the first three or four weeks or maybe for the, for, for the first day. But, um, you know, big publishers are huge corporate mega monsters. And, um, you know, they're important. They, they have money talks.
1: I, I know that. But I th- I, when I think about him, I think, OK, he has all of the money that he could possibly swim around in for the rest of his life. I mean, this, this doesn't seem like it's something, a money-making scheme. I may be incredibly naive about this.
0: I don't think, I don't, you know, I'll, I'm more than happy to give Mark Zuckerberg the benefit of the doubt and say he literally just had a New Year's resolution and thought, let's start a book club, see what happens.
1: Well, I mean, he's talking about the fact that he wants, I think he just wants to, like, you know, reach out to people. It's, you know, I guess it's in a way, it's a bit like, you know, giving money to charity. If you are in this kind of position and you can say to people, this might inspire you or change your life, then, you know, it's 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 an act of giving. And, you know, Aaron Schwartz in that, or Schwartz in that documentary was he that kind of person who made millions and millions on Reddit, and could have, you know, just kind of kept it all? It's the same Tim Berners Lee who founded the internet. He didn't, he didn't want it to be broken up to small little webs. He wanted it to be one big worldwide web for everybody. So he didn't sell out. You know that sometimes people are making these decisions based on the goodness of their hearts.
0: It's true. And again, I'm not. Uh, let's uh, let's give Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook the benefit of the doubt. But it has it has potential to, and I w- I w- I'm very happy to suggest that it actually will change publishing potentially. I mean, it's it's it will influence the way that publishers um, behave because there will be prizes and there will be important kind of uh, I don't know cultural things like the Richard and Judy Book Club, like Oprah. And this will be one of those, if not the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, I am being ultra cynical here, but at the same time, it does. It do, I've been there, I've seen it. I've, I've, had, you know, it gets talked about when you're an author. People and in the publishing industry, they talk about who's going to be on the the. Judy Rich and Judy list this year, who's going to be on Oprah's list and it will be who's going to be on Zuckerberg's list this year. Of course,
1: year. absolutely and I have do you know what I have in my mind because I've, I've also worked in publishing and I know exactly how all that works I just have in my mind this image of Mark Zuckerberg's office, right, being flooded, like absolutely inundated with publishers sending copies of their books they want to be considered, and, you know, them being put somewhere. He's not even seeing them, and he's just completely oblivious. He said, I don't want, I don't want that. That's fine, you can take them in and everything. Give them out for free to people that are working on Facebook. I'm going to make my own decision. And that's how I want to imagine this, if that's all right with you. <laughs> <laughs> Before I go to bed tonight, I don't want any more... I just feel like there's too much negativity online, and we should all be happy and and la la la.
0: Well, I'm up for that. So, um, have we got anything good to say at the end?
1: <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I was going to read a poem that I promised everyone last week. I would read, and it is. Oh, of course. Yeah, but it, no, but it's really not the kind of poem that you're going to read if you want to have a positive um, end to the show, because it's it's a very very meaningful poem. I tell you what, instead, could I maybe start next week with it? With the poem? Yeah.
0: You, you ha- you very much have my permission, unless you Thank get any. Thank you.
1: Thanks. <laughs> um, I, it's, it's not, it's not my poem, but I would like to share this poem. I talked about it last week, and I will do it next week. Honestly, I really, really will. But I think we should end on um, a completely unrealistic, positive note.
0: Well, the positive thing is that I think that this uh, entire recording session has passed pretty much wind free.
1: Yes, I'm <laughs> very, very glad to hear it. I'm sure all our listeners are too.
0: Um, okay, where can people find you on Twitter?
1: Um, at the flowing... <laughs> no, you can't find me at the flowing anything. At the flying poet, um, or at Donna Sorensen Poetry is my Facebook page, and I also have a website, sorensonpoetry.com.
0: Did you just, um, accidentally start reading out your erotic fiction pseudonyms Twitter handle?
1: <laughs> oh, no, they would have been a lot more outrageous than that. What would it be? No, I don't, no, no, no. I can't, it would t- be too offensive.
0: <laughs> um, and you can find me on Twitter at Ian Broom, I-A-I-N-B-O-O-M-E, and you can find me on uh, my website, slash blog, at ianbroom.com. Fab. And
1: that's it. See you that's next it. week.
0: Will do. Let's make sure we talk over each other all the way <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Bye. Bye-bye.